Hey, welcome to the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. Glad you found us for another season. Really hope you enjoyed the guests that we have today. Take a listen. Reach out if you want some more information. Enjoy the time. Enjoy the learn. Hopefully you get better from this. The Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast is a big fan of cookies. I'm excited to announce the podcast now has an official cookie sponsor, Texas Treaties. Texas Treaties is a Dallas-based custom cookie company that can design and decorate any shape and color combo you can think of. Not only do they look amazing, they taste great also. Texas Treaties is offering Dallas area listeners a special 10% off promo. Use the code podcast at checkout. Link to order will be in the show notes. If you are in the market for fine men's wear, i.e. suits, shirts, ties, etc., you need to check out Etiquette Dawn. I personally have several pieces from him, and every time I wear them, I feel confident, well-dressed, and I receive many compliments. Etiquette Dawn is a truly custom apparel company that will have you look, looking like a sharp-dressed man. Check out www.etiquettedawncustomapparel.com for more information. Make sure to follow them on Instagram and TikTok at Etiquette Dawn as well. In today's episode, I talk with a longtime friend and great basketball coach, Aaron Proctor. Coach Proctor is the Director of Basketball Operations at Southeast Missouri University. Coach Proctor and I had the fortune of coaching at Bel Air High School together back in the day. Coach Proctor has 14 years of coaching experience, which also includes one season as an assistant coach at Arkansas Fort Smith and two years as a graduate assistant at Kansas State. At Arkansas Fort Smith, Coach P was involved in all facets of the program, including recruiting, scouting, and practice preparation. At Kansas State, he assisted in the breakdown of game video, scouting, and on-court skill development and recruiting. In addition to his collegiate coaching experience, Proctor coached for 10 years at the high school prep school level. He served as the head coach at North Forest High School from 2017 to 2018, and Heights High School from 2012 to 2013 in Houston, Texas. And at Alvin High School in 2013 to 2015 in Alvin, Texas. Coach Proctor has also spent six years as an assistant coach at Bel Air High School in Houston. He has coached 15U and 17U teams with the Texas Pro Adidas Gauntlet Summer Program. A native of Houston, Coach Proctor, attended California State University San Bernardino, where he played one season for head coach Jeff Oliver. During that season in 2004 to 2005, Proctor helped lead the Coyotes to a 21-6 record. CSUSB captured the California Collegiate Athletic Association title and earned a trip to the NCAA tournament that year. Coach P graduated from the CSUSB with a Bachelor's of Arts degree in English in 2006. He then taught high school English for 10 years. Coach Peep completed his Master's of Science degree in Academic Advising from Kansas State in 2017. He and his wife, Ashford, have a daughter, Harper. We talk about his career, building a basketball staff, and even what the future may hold for him. Enjoy our episode. Make sure to follow him on Twitter, at Coach P since 83, and follow Southeast Missouri Basketball, at SEMOMBB. Today's episode of the Hang With Coach Newton podcast, I'm joined by a longtime friend, 
it's funny i hadn't seen this guy in a very long time here we are recording on zoom i follow his career for for the longest he's been a a great uh friend mentor i've enjoyed watching his career um, i'm joined by coach aaron proctor man how are you i'm doing well man I'm, it's always good to see you glad to glad that you you know you you have this platform and you've you've clearly uh you've taken everything that you've learned and, and, and continue to learn. And, you know, you've, you've impacted a lot of people. So glad to be on with you, man. Appreciate you having me, man. That, that means a lot, man. I've, I started from uh, my, my iPhone and a, and a pair of headphones that came with it. And then you know, I've got a microphone now I'm trying to do more editing. Uh, it's a labor of love, but you know, when, when yeah. people talk about the impact that it has, uh, it's really appreciated because you never know who really is listening versus who just tells you they listen. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. So, so tell us where you're at right now, man, and what you're doing. I am at uh, Southeast Missouri State University. Uh, we're in the uh, Ohio Valley Conference, uh, Division One. Uh, I'm the director of operations for men's basketball, uh, which basically means, uh, you know, when when you see uh, a team show up and play, uh, and you see just kind of like the whole entire production of a, of a program. That's basically my function. My, my job is to make sure that, uh, all the players and coaches have to do is show up and do what they're supposed to do. So I handle, uh, scheduling, uh, meals, uh, anything budget wise, uh, travel, um, in addition to just kind of you know, just my, my coaching, um, uh, just kind of the things that I do on the day to day, watching film, breaking film down. Uh, you know, I, I have my hand kind of in a little bit of everything. So, uh, that's my function. I, I really enjoy it. I love being at this level, uh, hopefully, uh, continue to keep progressing. Man, that's awesome. If you were to take a moment and think back to, you know, we met in 09, 2010, right? Baylor High School. Uh, you come join the football staff. Um, you don't know anything about defensive back play, but there you are, right? English teacher, basketball coach. Now you're thrust into varsity football, you know, to now, you know, basically 10, 10 11 years later, would you, would you have imagined that you would be in the position that you are now, or is it surpassed? expectations in some ways uh you know i i've always uh that's a really good question i've always done everything with a well I, I, let me backtrack there hasn't been anything that i've wanted to do that i haven't been able to do um i've always wanted to coach college basketball uh i've been fortunate enough to be able to do that uh for the was it last uh five or six years. Um, I, I, I've always wanted to, you know, be impactful and, and, you know, impact kids and just be impactful to people. I've been able to do that. Um, when I started at Bel Air, uh, I mean, I got lucky. I got hired. When did I get hired? I got hired at Bel Air, uh, December, 2006. This is, I graduated in June, 2006, moved back to Houston. And uh, I didn't have a job, you know, I had, uh, I had an English degree, so I knew that would make me uh, highly qualified 
but I didn't think that I would get in a classroom immediately. My first job out of college was as a teacher. Uh, and I got basically thrown into the fire. I had senior English my first year, my first semester. Um, uh, and I, but I always knew that I wanted to coach college basketball and I was fortunate to get to Bel Air, had a, um, you know, a, a huge reputation for just having uh, great talent, great high school talent. Uh, uh, John Lucas and Jay Lucas, you know, all Americans at, at Bel Air, you know, played in McDonald's all American games. So it was just, I was just really fortunate to land, uh, land where I did. And then, you know, a few years later, uh, Coach Herman, you know, calling that Brock, man, come on, coach football. I think you'd be great. Now, I know he needed a coach. I know he <laughs> needed numbers. So I know he was gassing me a little bit. Uh, but, you know, he took me under his wing and, and just, like, showed me um, coaching football. Is, it was a different uh, – it was a different level, and it absolutely informs – informed moving forward how I coach basketball because there's so many different obviously you're, you're managing personalities uh, of the players of the uh, of the coaches um, and you're doing all of that at large numbers and, and trying to get people on the same page um, so that was that that two three years that I spent coaching football was instrumental in, in helping me become a better coach period but a better basketball coach as well uh, you know I just I I have these goals and I just tell myself, okay, so what can I do to try to get there? And every day for me is literally day by day. What can I do each day to help get to uh, the, the larger goal that I have? And, you know, Coach Glover used to always say, begin with the end in mind. And so, you know, even, even this position um, as director of operations, I see everything. I'm not just dealing with the coaches and the players, but I'm dealing with uh, other administrative staff on campus and at other universities as well. Uh, and so, you know, you, you're you're dealing with a bunch of people who, at some point, because coaching is a small world, you may come across them again. And so, how you interact and how you carry yourself and how professional you are, you know, those are things that I always try to keep in mind and. Those are things that have helped me, you know, get every job that I've had. Oh, I love it, man. You know, <clears throat> you talk about, um, you know, being able to do the things that you wanted to do and progress, but at the same time, you think about, you know, how do you get yourself better every day? And, you know, I, I, I look at, you know, my career and the people that I've been able to be around. You talk about impacting people. Uh, you know, you're, you're one of the first people I was around that was a, a teacher and a coach and, and, you know, cared about what they did in the classroom uh, as much as that, what they did, you know, on the field and on the court, you know, um, because being an English teacher, it's not everybody's favorite subject. It's mm -hmm. usually some people's worst subject, uh, particularly when it comes to writing, but you were able to have that relationship with kids. And I think you were able to get them to do more, than um, than they would have initially, and then you talk about <clears throat> handling you know different universities and, and dealing with administrative personnel um, as a coach. When we deal with the the faculty and we deal within our departments at schools, uh, 
you know, depending on what department it is, some are not as favorable towards coaches as, as other departments. Um, you know, and I think English is kind of tends to be one of those departments that gets a knock towards coaches. You don't typically have English coaches, you know, English teacher coaches. Uh, usually it's a, it's a tough thing to break into. So how do you believe that your time in the classroom prepared you for where you are now and the things that you have to do on a day-to-day basis and from a logistics standpoint uh, that you may have not realized that you stop and go, well, that's really no different than dealing with this kid or that, that coworker. Uh, It it, it definitely, it it informs uh, everything um, uh, in terms of my approach to uh, dealing with people, period. Um, You know, you're in the, being in the classroom, you know, it's, I actually, I'll backtrack. I got hired because I was re- replacing, there was an older uh, black gentleman who had just retired from the English department and they were looking for another black male to fill that position. And I just happened to come along. Um, and, you know, there aren't, there aren't, uh, I loved English in high school. I loved reading, I loved writing. And one of my coaches, Coach Eric McDade, I believe he's at, um, uh, he's in the Dallas area. Um, I can't remember the name of the school that he's at right now. But he uh, he was a basketball player who had an English degree and taught English. Now, I'd never seen that before, you know. And so, like, he was, he was, <laughs> he was the reason that I said, you know, I can do that. And so, you know, I just fast forwarding to my professional career and uh, being in the classroom, um, you know, I, I understood that I was able to kind of knock down some of the, the, the initial stereotypes and thoughts of, you know, a coach teaching. Uh, Cause you know, typically, you know, you, you, you know, world history or, business class or some kind of elective and here I am you know I'm in those meetings um, with the other English teachers as a coach and that's not that's not typical Uh, so I I, yeah I felt I had some kind of responsibility to to perform at a high level in the classroom so that the next person behind me uh, if there was an opening they wouldn't balk at a former athlete or at a, a coach uh, who had that certification. Um, and that's just kind of how I, I, you know, it's all about the people who come behind you. And I guess the larger term would be legacy. Uh, the the type of legacy, the type of reputation that you leave, because it's once we're gone, the walls or the, the, the halls of the, the school or the university is still going to be there long after we are and it's the type of precedent that you set uh that will help somebody else and so you know i i i just i i had a larger responsibility i i feel to myself and to the the students that i had to do my absolute best every day doesn't necessarily mean that i was good every day but you got a hundred percent of me every day uh, and as time wore on and as i as i learned 
uh, how to manage personalities and how to do my lesson plans along with my coaching plans and balance my time and, and all those different things. It just, it made me, it got to the point where I think I was coaching. I think one year I probably coached every sport. I had girls cross country, uh, girls cross country goes into football, football goes into basketball, basketball goes into track. Uh, the only thing I didn't coach was baseball. And, you know, that was, uh, it was a long year, but it, it showed, you know, there were a lot of people that had a lot of uh, belief in me that I could handle all of that stuff and still operate at a high level in and out of the classroom. And then, you know, teaching, coach, teaching is coaching, coaching is teaching. It's, it's not, it's, it's not any different. You know, we're, when I'm on the floor, I'm, I'm teaching. Uh, and, you know, that, that approach has, has helped me. Um, people may look at it differently, but I think, you know, that's, it's, it's not the, uh, it, just because our classroom doesn't have desks doesn't mean it's not a classroom. Uh, and so that's definitely something that, that has helped me um, as I've moved forward, you know, and, you know, people look at my resume, they talk about, they ask me about my experience. I said, well, I, you know, I, I was a teacher, I was a classroom teacher in a, in a, um, in a, a core subject for 10 plus years. And so I think that automatically kind of helps me in the academic world because, or in the athletic world, because they say, okay, well, he can actually teach. And then when I'm in the academic world, they say, okay, well, he was able to juggle, juggle a bunch of different things. So, uh, you know, it, it helps in every, every facet of what I do. Oh, I love it, man. <clears throat> As you've progressed through, right. And you've had to, I'm, you know, I'm sure sometimes you had to sell yourself a little bit more than, you know, what you would potentially want to, um, you know, people either look at you and they say, uh, oh, he might be too young or mm, his resume is this, but did he really able to do it all? You know, when you've, when you've been in these opportunities and you had to interview, what are some things that have helped you, um, become, you know, at least a finalist for, uh, you know, or stood out from candidates, um, in your opinion, you know, comparative to, you, you know, your peers who are applying for the same jobs and same positions? You know, I, there are people who, when it comes to resumes or, or, or experience, they're more qualified. Um, I mean, that's going to be in, in every situation that you're in. Uh, I think for me, I just have been really fortunate uh, <laughs> to, it, it's a blessing and a curse. You know, I've been fired three, three, four different times. <laughs> so, you know, but every, every, uh, you know, my, my last two jobs, we've been, you know, we've been let go. Uh, but each job that I've gotten after that is literally been kind of like a step up and what it has helped me be able to do. Um, you know, last year we, I was at uh, junior college, Missouri state West Plains. And uh, I got an op opportunity to interview for the job. Uh, I didn't know whether or not I, I had a, a, a legitimate chance at getting it, but I know that they made the time for me to, they put me on the interview schedule. Um, and I was able, able to prepare for the interview 
And if they had offered me the job, I would have taken it. I would have been a you know head coach at the junior college level. Um, but I didn't get it. Uh, and I was fortunate to get a division one job working for one of my good friends in the industry who I worked with at, at Kansas state. Um, I, I, I don't, I used to apply for jobs when I was young and, and I would ask them if I didn't get it, I mean, why didn't I get that job? Like I, I'm qualified. I should get in. The older I got, uh, the more I just kind of said, you know what, if I get it, I get it. I don't, I don't, I'm going to be okay. And when I started thinking like that, that's when the opportunity started to come. Um, and it's just been, you know, I don't, I don't think of it one way or the other when it comes to who I'm in the, 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 I guess the interview pool with or whatever the case may be, you know, if I apply for a job, I feel like I can do it. And, you know, I don't, I'm director of operations right now, you know, but I've been a head coach before I've run my own program. I I feel like if division one, division three, NAI, JUCO, whomever, if they gave me the opportunity to be the head coach, I'd be fine. I, it wouldn't make me nervous. I wouldn't be uncomfortable. Um, I feel like I'm qualified to do uh, whatever it is that I'm assigned to do. I don't, I don't, uh, I hope I don't sound, uh, you know, arrogant when I say that, but, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like I can, I've worn so many hats in my career and I'm naturally curious. So a lot of the things that I, uh, a lot of the value that I bring to different jobs or just wherever I'm at, it's not just because I've gotten a certificate somewhere. It's because, you know what, I figured out how to do something and how to kind of make, make it work. Um, and, and, you know, add that to my tool belt. So, you know, I, I've interviews and, and getting jobs and getting opportunities and kind of being in the mix of things, you know, I, I feel like I'm good enough to do whatever it is that I decide that I want to do. Uh, I feel like I'm qualified for it, but also know that if I don't get it, I'm gonna be all right. You know, I got two degrees. I'm good at what I do. Uh, even though I've been fired, I could call those people at those places that I've gotten fired and get a letter of recommendation. I can get a phone call. You know, I, I, I feel like things will be okay no matter what. And I think that actually kind of helps me when it comes to uh, just moving forward and, and having the confidence uh, that you have to project when you're dealing with people who are in a position to, to get you a job and, and to give you something that, you know, that you enjoy doing. Yeah, I think that's a really important takeaway in that in that whole little bit is is the fact that if you are, are confident in yourself and your abilities, regardless of the outcome, whether it's for you or not, you, you have to know that you're going to be okay and, and you're going to be able to land on your feet going forward. And the fact that the circles run very small and, the, and you'll be running into somebody that knows somebody that knew that person that you worked for or worked with uh, and to still be able to reach out to previous employers and get good, you know, good recommendations, I think is important, um, <clears throat> you know, because so much of what's going on in the world today is about canceling one way or the other. Right. Um, but ultimately if we cancel something or we cancel somebody, it, it may come back to, to, to haunt us or to, 
to prevent us from from achieving you know but at the same time uh you know there's nothing wrong with wishing whoever gets that opportunity instead of you the best of luck because there's another job that's out there that was that you were meant for uh yeah you know no nah, that, that's i mean it, at the end of the day you know it's it's like uh uh you know, I, I sometimes I try to relate things to to our our players in in terms of you know dating or how you know just kind of dealing with relationships with with people. And it's like, look, you know, if if somebody lets you go, then it's probably for your benefit too. There's no point in chasing them. Like it's all about moving forward. And you know, you can you can still have fond memories and 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 have an affinity for something and not be attached to it. You can still move forward from it. And, you know, the, the, the coaching industry is such a fickle and volatile industry, uh, but because it is fickle and volatile, you're gonna see a lot of people that know people who know you. I, I, I've gotten three jobs. Every job that I've gotten has been because someone has known somebody who's known me. It, it had nothing to do with me, right? All I did was just put in the work and somebody was watching me and they gave my name to somebody. That's literally how I've gotten every job. Uh, and so, you know, it, it's not, it, it's not, it's, it's not about me, you know, like the only thing that I can do is prepare myself and, and do my job every single day. Um, and I don't, I don't take anything I don't take anything personally, you know, my, uh, my boss, he may, I may do something that he may not like. I may suggest a play that he is just not hearing and it's okay. <laughs> you know, it, it really is okay. Brock, I'm not using that. You got it coach. Like it is, it really is okay. If, if, you know, I, I don't, I don't sweat stuff like that. That stuff doesn't bother me. Um, and I think that's what allows me to to remain professional and to keep doing keep doing my job. And and then because of that, you know, because of that, people actually listen to you more because they know that you can you can handle that. And now it's like, okay, well, let's let's see what let's see what he has to say. Cause I know, I know when I get on him, he's not gonna take it personally. And he he I know that that means that he is for me. He's doing everything he can to try to help me. He's not a yes man. He's not a, he's not going to try to do everything he can to try to make me happy. He's going to do what he feels is going to help me, you know, create the type of environment and culture and program that I want. That's my job as, as an assistant, as, as somebody in the support staff. And, you know, when I become a head coach again, that is what I would want from, one of my assistants or support staff. I would want them to think, uh, you know, if I were a head coach, what, how would I want it done? It doesn't necessarily have to be how I want it done as a head coach, but what would you do as a head coach there? And if I agree with it, if I want to rock with it, cool. If I don't, cool. Either way, we're going to work towards the same thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's talk about, you know, w when you are a head coach again and – you're assembling your staff. Let's say it's at the collegiate level where you have a little bit more, you know, choice of, whereas, you know, in, in the, at the high school level, it's a lot tougher. You tend to mm -hmm. inherit guys and, and the range of, of knowledge is very 
diverse, but let's say it's at the collegiate level, you know, typically you're going to have how many guys on staff? Uh, you'll typically have three assistants, um, director of operations. Uh, you might have uh, uh, a grad assistant or two. Um, you may have a video coordinator, uh, student athlete development. So you could probably have 10, you know, between anywhere between seven and 10 people, you know, the, the, the big boys have a special assistant to the head coach. Uh, that's typically, uh, a guy who's, who's been a head coach for a number of years and he's, you know, maybe in between jobs or. Maybe he's close to retiring, doesn't want to recruit, doesn't want to have that grind of recruiting, but still wants to be involved with the game. Uh, so, I mean, you you could have, you know, depending on your level, you could have a, a pretty sizable uh, staff. Yeah. So so let's let's look at just from the standpoint of, you know, those top four people. Let's say your your director of operations and your and your top three assistants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because. Grad, grad, grad assistants and stuff are usually going to be a one-year deal. You know, you, these these are guys uh, or girls that you want um, on your staff. They're going to kind of stay and help you. You know, create an environment that leads to the culture that you want. Or you know, let's say you're taking over a program that already has an established tradition set, and you're continuing that. So, what are you looking for? You know, both you know, from an X's and O's standpoint, but then beyond the X's and O's kind of, you know, in a nutshell, obviously you can't clone yourself because that would solve all the answers, <laughs> right? you know, right. but, <laughs> but just off the, off the dome, you know, what are these kinds of things? Cause you know, I'm sure in the back of your mind, you put things together, you interact with people and you go, if I ever had a chance, I'm calling that guy, I'm calling this person, I may never call this person unless I see them improve in this regard kind of thing. Yeah, no, I, I would, um, I mean, I, I've, I've had this conversation with a number of people. Uh, I would love to have uh, an assistant who's been a head coach before and is possibly even older than me, you know, somebody who, who's basically seen it all. Um, so I definitely would like someone like that. Um, my second assistant would be someone who's, probably closer in age to me, kind of, you know, two or three years or so, uh, younger or older, um, who has had uh, not necessarily similar similar experience, but someone who is really, really good um, in kind of a little bit of everything, uh, recruiting, coaching, uh, you know, understanding budget stuff, understanding scheduling, you know, how to schedule, which is, that's, that's a huge thing that I, I don't, not a lot of people really talk about when it comes to uh, when it comes to you know putting together your program, who you schedule, how you schedule. Uh, uh, so that that would be important for me. And then you know my my third assistant would be a young just whatever whatever needs to get done. I, I'm working out, guys. I'm scouting report, video. Like he just eats and sleeps basketball and 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 young people and and trying to help. You know, he wants to be a head coach. He wants to get to where I'm at. Um, so just personality-wise or skill level-wise, that's what I that's what I think about when I think about it in terms of building my my staff. Um, but I, I I do want well-rounded people. Um, I want people who are uh, 
basketball is a large part of their life. Uh, I don't want it to be their lives. You know, I, I want I want people who could come to the office and lock in and do what they're supposed to do. Uh, you know, just because I'm at the office doesn't need to doesn't mean you need to be at the office. You know, I'm not I'm not one of those guys. Um, but I, I'm, you know, people who can just prioritize uh, their families. And and when when I say that, I, I mean, like if your your family has got to be at the forefront of what you do. Your family is the reason that you you work your your tail off. You know, for me, my family is a large. I understand that you know my wife is is a ride or die, and I don't I don't think that being a coach's wife was what she foresaw at any point in her lifestyle or in her life. Um, but you know she loves me and she loves our family and she's willing to go to Fort Smith, Arkansas, to West Plains, Missouri, uh, to Cape Girardeau, Missouri, um, to Houston, Texas. You know she's uh she actually when when we were first dating uh i got probably six months into the time that we were dating i got the k-state grad assistant position and she told me to go like it was like look you got to go that's that's a part of your your journey um and so you know every day that i go to work i know that i can't half-ass things because i got somebody who is going to follow me wherever i go to make this work um and so, you know, when I say, you know, your family is the forefront, that's precisely what I mean. Um, and so just, you know, people who prioritize family and, 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 you know, keeping that at the forefront and that being the, just being able to put that together and just work at things and, and keep working, whatever goal that they have, they, you know, they understand that they're doing it for something bigger than themselves. Oh, I love that, man. That, that two really, really big things um, that you that you hit on. Um, one about prioritizing family. I, you know, I have coaches on here, um, and I've started to have you know student athletes and, and kind of getting their perspective. But I always ask coaches, and the word balance comes out, and I've started to that it's like a, it's like a word vomit. It comes out, but you want to pull it back in because it's not the right word. And, and ultimately right. the word is prioritize and, and you, you hit it, hit the nail on the head, right? It's, it's how do you prioritize family in regards to your job, right? When you are home now, it's not just you and your wife, it's you and your wife and your child. And now you're, mm-hmm. your dad. So, yeah. You know that 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 made a shift, I'm sure, in your decision making because now you're making the decision for three people instead of two or instead of one. Um, you know, and then the other thing is, is you brought up about scheduling. You know, in football, so much of that schedule is already locked in, regarding you know, depending on your conference, your district, uh, what have you. Um, so you only have a small amount of wiggle room in basketball, right? You look at you've got tournaments to choose from. You've got, uh, you know, non, non-conference, non-league, non-district games, you know, and I think that's such a great thought process as anybody that listens to this, when they're trying to create that portfolio in terms of one day becoming a head coach, how you schedule stuff, both for football and for basketball or any other sport for that matter. You know, I think about, at scheduling the times where I was a soccer head coach and trying to determine rest versus 
keep, you know, keep pushing, you know, let, Hey, let's go back to back tournaments or yeah. no, this is not the kind of, it's not the group that I can push that with. And we've got to have more space in between these long stretches of games, you know, so touch on, on, on that scheduling aspect, but then also touch on, on you as dad now uh, in whatever order you want. Well, you know, scheduling is, is definitely something that, um, you know, I, I, when I was thinking about it, you know, as a high school uh, coach, um, you know, you're, it's, it's a little bit different at, at the collegiate level. The high school level, you're thinking about, obviously you're thinking about wins, right? Um, but you're also thinking about competition. Like how can you, how can you push your team uh, without, uh, without them drowning, right? Like how, how deep into the end of the pool can you take them where they they can their tippy toes can still touch the bottom, so they feel a little bit of that pressure, but it's not enough to where uh, they can't overcome it. Um, and that's what you you know you the main thing is just knowing your team. Uh, you know, are they are they good enough to to push at a at a higher level at a higher rate? When I was at Bel Air, you know, we could play anybody in the country, and we did because we had that type of talent, we had that type of. Uh, um, athleticism we had that type of skill level um so you know we we would play as close to a national schedule as we could um when i was at alvin uh you know a community a school that hadn't really had any success in any sport other than baseball um you know i i'm not going to have a, a bel-air type schedule at alvin high school especially you know when it comes to our district we're playing manville uh, you know, we're playing, um, uh, we're playing, uh, Pasadena, um, uh, you know, we're playing, you know, Pearland, we're playing these schools, uh, that, that are tough, <laughs> that are tough in our district. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to create a, a non-district schedule that is going to just destroy those guys. Cause I want to try to build up to something. Um, and so, you know, at the college level, you're thinking about, you know, it, it depends on the level that you're at. You know, I, you see TSU, um, you know, they take, they may play two or three home games, if that, during non-league, uh, because, you know, they fund their school, basically. So, you know, they're playing Gonzaga, Michigan State, uh, you know, UCLA, they're playing all these schools because they're getting a check for it. But that check, those checks are going to help fund the science department at the university. You know, their scheduling philosophy is going to be different than at Gonzaga or Michigan state where, you know, money's no object. And so it's important, you know, for, for you as a, as whoever's in charge of scheduling for you to understand where you are, you know, within your university and within your league and, you know, just nationally, you know, what you need, what your university needs, because there's so many, so many different things that have nothing to do with basketball that are going to inform how you run your program at the collegiate level. Uh, and so, you know, in, in terms of, uh, 
you know, it's it's not a difficult thing, but it is something that you need to be aware of. You know, you need to be aware of your your head coach's philosophy. You know, does he want to just play a brutal schedule uh, because he feels like he has a really, really talented team? Uh, and so those, those are things that you always got to keep an eye on. Um, when it comes to, you know, uh, prioritizing home, I you know, I think every coach struggles with it, especially when they have a family or when they have a spouse. Um, you know, you've worked all day long, you know, you've been at the, at the office, at the facility, then you get home and your dog tired, you know, you, you gotta, wherever you are, you gotta give the energy. So, you know, you may not, you may not have, you may get home at eight and the wife is home and, you know, you, you better give her that energy. You know, you can't work your ass off at home at work and then come home and just be like, ah, I'm good. You know, you're not going to have somebody for very long if that's the case. And especially, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, you got, you have children, you got to give the children, you got to give your kids that same energy. You know, that's why I love the coaching profession because, you know, I can, I can bring, I can bring Harper up to the gym and she can just run around. She can see daddy at work. I can't do that in the classroom, you know, they, they, they'll get me out of there. Um, but, you know, it, it's, that's one of the perks of, of working, you know, being a, a full-time coach. Um, but, you know, I, I, I like how you said balance um, is, is not the word that you wanted to use. There is no, there is no balance. There's absolutely no balance. Uh, there's only priorities. Yeah. And if you prioritize your family, then you're going to find the energy. You're going to find the 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 desire to be helpful, to wash the dishes if your wife is cooking, to you know bring her flowers after you've been gone for six days on a road trip, um, you know to to read to your son or daughter at night, you know before they go to bed. Like those are things that you have to do if you want to have a a successful you know life at home and at work at the end of the day what are you doing it for if not for your family and so it makes no sense to come home and and not give them the same type of energy you give somebody else's kids which is you know we spend all this time with other people's kids you know you got to put that same energy if not more into your own kids so you know that's that's something you know i struggle with it initially um you know i struggle with it from time to time uh now um but you know i'm i'm more aware of it now and i i you know my wife is a, she works too so i can't i have no excuse i can't come home and say oh man i, I just want to kick my feet up and she's coming home from a you know nine ten hour shift on her feet as a nurse and then she's coming home and having to clean up after the baby and cook and you know that that's uh that's not a good look <laughs> no not at all man not at all. <clears throat> I'm gonna get you out here on, on a few things. You know, first and foremost, um, you know, when, when y'all recruit to, for 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 potential guys to come to Southeast Missouri State, you know, what what is the what is the sales pitch? What is the recruiting pitch? Why 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 go play for you guys? You know what, man? It's uh. We have we have four guys um, 
who love, love, love basketball. Um, but, you know, the, the biggest thing for us is just being able to build relationships with young people and help them get to where they want to go. Um, whether that's being a professional ball player, you know, you can look at every one of our resumes and we, we all have pros. We all have guys who've, who we've helped develop and who are making a whole bunch more money making, you know, being playing the game that they love. Uh, but, you know, being at, at SEMO, brand new staff, this is an opportunity to really, really create and leave a legacy. Uh, how often do you get to do that as a player? Your own legacy. We have had a, you know, a long stretch for about 20 years where we haven't, uh, we haven't been very significant within our league. Uh, and we, we haven't really had the opportunity to do anything at the national level in terms of making the NCAA tournament. Um, and so we are chomping at the bit to get in guys who want to leave a legacy, who want to create something for themselves that's bigger than just them. Um, there was a player, uh, several players when I was at K-State who, because of the legacy that they built, whenever they go back to Manhattan, Kansas, they're not paying for a meal. Like they get to move around the city and they're celebrities. They are, uh, people love them. And, you know, SEMO is, an, is a great place, great location in Cape Girardeau, Missouri it's a great opportunity for, for you to leave a legacy and you to come back when you're graduated and you've had your family and people to recognize you and to feed your family for free at whatever restaurant you are in the city. Uh, people are chomping at the bit for a winner. And I feel like I'm a winner. Our head coach is a winner. Um, and we want winners in here to create a winning environment. That's the only culture is the big word now. Uh, and I get it, I understand it, but winning, <laughs> winning creates and dictates a lot of your culture. Uh, and so that's, that's what it's about. You know, if you're a winner, then SEMO is the place for you. And we'll, we'll definitely get it turned around with you. Oh, I love it, man. If I was a, if I was any good as a basketball player. I just offered you Nuvo. I just, I, I just offered you baby. Sir, I'm, I'm not qualified <laughs> to, uh, <clears throat> to do anything other than watch video and uh, cheer. Uh, that's about it. That's, that's the extent uh, of my support. <laughs> I, I will be streaming games as much as I can. Uh, you know, you got a fan in me forever, but uh, man, you know, you, you're the first basketball coach I've had on here. So I got to hit you with the question. What's the question? I I, uh, it, it better not be Kobe or NJ or LeBron because <laughs> you, you know the answer. You have to know the answer. Oh, I know the answer because I'm, I know the era that you grew up in. So the okay. answer is MJ. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I, now, I, look, I, I, I'm not going to say, you know, like people say, it's so-and-so, no question. Like MJ is, MJ is no question to me, right? But Kobe is, is Kobe's close. Kobe's close, and LeBron is LeBron. And you know, it, it's. Uh, I try not to compare those guys because I feel like I feel like LeBron and and MJ or LeBron and Kobe are, are they're two completely different players. 
I think LeBron is magic. And so if I'm thinking about comparison, I would think about somebody like that, a big forward who could handle and, and could do things with the ball at great vision. Uh, but, you know, Mike is, uh, I mean, you saw the last dance. Oh, like yeah. it's, it's, uh, he, you know, we talked about Tom Brady today in practice and how Tom goes to Tampa Bay and elevates you. He elevates you. He makes you better, but not just in terms of your skill, but in terms of your will and your desire to, can you be a teammate of Tom Brady? Can you be a teammate of LeBron James? Can you be a teammate of Michael Jordan? Like, can you can you be teammates of those guys? Because those guys are going to question you. They're going to harass you. They're going to challenge you publicly. They're going to challenge you during games with their body language because you did something that they don't agree with. Uh, but they're also going to be your biggest cheerleaders. But can you handle all of that? And... You know, that's something that's to me is, you know, that's what makes you a goat. You know, when, when people people talk about Kobe, even before his passing, they talked about Kobe like you better you better bring your highest level when you are competing with or against Kobe Bryant. And they only they don't talk about that about a lot of guys. They don't say that about a lot of guys other than Mike and Tom and and Cope. Like you don't hear that about a whole bunch of guys. So no. You know, that's uh that's important. Oh, uh, I agree. I ask you a simpler question. What is your favorite Air Jordan? That's actually a very tough question. <laughs> I am I so the 11s, I'd probably have to put the 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 patent leather, the black and white, black patent leather 11s. I have probably put those first. Uh, the true blue threes, uh, the cement fours. I love the Ferraris. I forget. I forget what number they. I think they're the 12. The no, 13s. Four, 14s. The, the 14s. Love yeah, I had, a, I had a pair of those. Um. Man, any I think anything any, those that's tough, man. I, I definitely I've had like four or five pair of the true blues, so so I, I maybe maybe <laughs> those are my favorite. I I'll probably say that. I got you. Favorite favorite away place when you were at K State, you know, because you got to go to a lot of different places. Um so so where what was what was the favorite place uh, that you went to? Or if it's easier to answer, where was the toughest place that y'all played? Um, the toughest place that, I mean, you know, Allen Fieldhouse is, uh, you know, that's, uh, I guess when you talk about goat goats, you know, that's a that's a goat college basketball venue. You know, the, the sidelines are just way too small. They can't be legal, but they somehow, because they're at Allen Fieldhouse, they allow it. Um, I, uh, you know, we had a game there my my last year at K State where we lost on a a layup that was clearly a travel, uh, but you know, Allen Fieldhouse is a very tough place to win games. It's a very tough place to win games. Um, I will say though, it, it, my my experience there 
the thing that I think about the most, and the game that I think about the most was uh, we were playing, um, we were playing, I think, Oklahoma at home. And uh, they were number one, Buddy Hill. And we were getting ready, like, we had won the game. The game was over, you know, clocks winding down. And uh, I'm just looking around, it's 13,000 people. And I got, I got goosebumps in the game. I, I think about that moment, like it's, that was the moment that, that made me think, I gotta be a head coach at this level. I, I gotta do it. It was, it was such an unreal feeling. And I think probably just because I'm thinking about all the, everything that I had done up to that point, you know, I was, you know, my first coaching job was, you know, with seventh grade girls at J. Hugh Middle School in Rialto, California. And to go from that to, you know, beating the number one team in the country at home, uh, unbelievable, unbelievable feeling. And Bramlage, Bramlage is a great place to play. Uh, that's one of my favorite places to be at. It's home, but you know, that was that was an unbelievable feeling. Um, and you know, just kind of being able to go to, you know, we played at we played at the Barclays Center. Uh, one year for Thanksgiving, just kind of being at these different NBA venues and, and uh, you know, being at these different places that you see on television. You know, we played North Carolina at uh, in Kansas City and I, I, Dean Smith, you know, uh, Dean Smith, uh, Roy Williams is, you know, hey, how you doing? And he's talking to me and I'm like, man, I, man, I, I see that dude on TV. And now, you know, I'm, I'm a peer. You know, so, uh, you know, that's just the whole experience, man. It's been, it's been awesome. I can't even lock it down to one venue. I love it, man. That's a, that story is perfect to, to get you out of here on this last question. You know, we, we on the podcast don't shy away from, from topics of discussion and um, we don't, we, we try to be positive and uh, uplifting. So we're going to put it out there in the universe Aaron Proctor will be the head coach of a division one college of his, of his dream. And that college is. Man, I have always, I've always wanted to coach at Georgetown university and be the head coach in the big East tournament against Syracuse. Now Syracuse ran to the ACC. So I'm going to have to pick <laughs> another school, but I've always wanted to, coach Georgetown University in the Big East tournament. Like that's, that's been, uh, that's been a dream of mine since I, I, you know, I started playing when I was younger because I always figured out I'd probably coach at some point. Um, and Victor Page was one of my favorite players. He played along, so it was Victor Page and AI. And to me, Victor Page was better than AI. It's not true, but Victor Page was my guy. Like he was my guy and they were at Georgetown. They made that run and that, that just kind of cemented it for me. So, you know, if I, if I, you know, that's always been a dream of mine to be the head coach at Georgetown university and big John, big John was, you know, he was a huge reason as well. Just, you know, seeing, seeing a, a black man at a, at a high academic institution coaching uh, at a high level uh, year in and year out. Uh, that is, that's something that always stuck with me and something that I always, always envisioned for myself. Um, so, you know, 
Georgetown it is. No, I love it, man. It's, that's an extremely prestigious university. It's an extremely traditioned uh, basketball program. When you talk about, you know, goats of college basketball coaches, John, John Thompson is, is one that is up there, um, you know, and, and, and Allen Iverson is a legendary collegiate basketball player and to be the coach there now is, uh, is pretty special. So, you know, to think about the footsteps that she would be potentially following in one day and, you know, just that a, a degree, uh, educated, well-spoken, uh, black man at a prestigious academic university coaching a, a, you know, blue blood of college basketball is, is, is absolutely a dream that I hope one day I get to say, I had the pleasure of having you on this podcast and, you know, February 9th of 2021, we spoke it into existence. Appreciate you, Nuvo. Appreciate you, man. That's uh, That would be awesome, man. That that would be great. That would be huge. So, prior, man, I, I appreciate you taking the time. I know your, your girl's been running around screaming in the background. We don't shy away from guests on the, <laughs> on the podcast. Um, you know, I think uh, we've had a few others on who've had their kids in the background. So it's 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 the part of the life, right? You you're never gonna get yes. away from it, and you embrace it, and that's you, you roll with it, man. But I appreciate you taking the time. Glad we can make this happen, and, and you know I wish you guys all the success this year, and you know hopefully Simo uh, is making some noise in the tournament soon. Appreciate you, Nuvo. Appreciate you, man. I'm I'm happy for you. I'm proud of everything that you've been able to accomplish, man. It's it's great seeing you, seeing you know everything grow for you, and and you know, pretty soon you, you're going to wear that dad hat too, man. You're going to love it. Hope you enjoyed today's episode with coach Aaron Proctor. I hope you got something out of it. Even if you're not a basketball coach, just about coaching in general, building relationships uh, and what it means to, to do your best where you're at and what the future holds for you. Uh, make sure to follow SEMO basketball. Uh, they finished the season 11 and 16 this year. Uh, we're looking forward to, Uh, a new season in the fall, and a chance at the NCAA tournament. Thanks for checking out the podcast today. Really hope you enjoyed today's guest. Don't forget to leave a like and a review. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast fix from. Ratings and reviews really help us reach more viewers. Peace out. Have a nice day. Be the change you want to see in the world.